guys. So this is Addie, Ben, Katrina, and Cameron. We're here to talk about the JFK assassination. There are so many theories and conspiracies on the assassination. So we're going to get into some of those later on in the podcast. But first, we want to talk about the background and the day that it happened. So we're going to hand it off to Ben with that stuff. Okay, so obviously... The person in the JFK assassination was, of course, John F. Kennedy, one of the most charismatic presidents of all time and one of the most historical periods in American history of the 60s. He's, he's like, so much is going on around this time. I'm just, everything was going crazy. So the day of the assassination was, uh, was a November 22nd, 1963. He, uh, he was attending a dip, JFK was attending democratic gatherings around the U.S. around this time, take, basically taking a tour around the country as President Stewart's presidential duty. He, he, uh, needing to win over Florida and Texas in his upcoming elections. Um, start, he started the tour in Fort Worth, Texas. This, and then he went on to Dallas where the infamous, the infamous day happened. Uh, he was in a motorcade, played a played, well, sorry, a motorcade with his, uh, wife, Jacqueline Kennedy, Texas Governor John Connolly, and, oh, oh, my bad, he was with Jacqueline Kennedy, Texas Governor John Connolly, and his wife, Jack Kennedy, my bad, <laughs> and driving through, and driving through the plate in an open top convertible, which, actually, they said, his advisors and um, his advisors told him not to open up roof, but he wanted to anyway because he couldn't see the people and the people couldn't see him. Mm-hmm. Uh, on June the parade, JFK was shot in the neck and Texas Governor John Connolly was shot in the back. Both uh, JFK died at Parkland Memorial Hospital um, on November 23rd and that day, on November 23rd, um, VP of LBJ A was announced as announced that he died and was sworn into office. Nice. I didn't I didn't know that the um <clears throat> they were told not to open the car. That's really interesting. Mm-hmm. It kind of goes into his charisma about wanting the people to see him. It's exactly mm-hmm. what I was thinking. Well, I guess like I said, he is just he is the one the youngest president of all time and it just showed like he was elected because of his charisma and his looks and everything like that. Yeah. So now we're gonna talk about who killed JFK. So Katrina, I think you're gonna talk about that? Yes. So the person as in the history book says killed JFK is Lee Harvey Oswald. Oswald grew up in a kind of rough childhood. He was born October 18, 1939 in New Orleans to a single mom with who already had two older sons. His father died two months before Oswald was born. His childhood was spent orphanages and boarding schools. His mom shipped off his two older brothers and then dropped off Lee Harvey Oswald in various places all around the country. In his early teens, he ended up in the Bronx with his mom, where he spent most of his days alone running around New York City. There's uh, reports and pictures of him as a kid going to the Bronx Zoo and riding the subway all throughout the city. 
Um, during this time, he also went to youth detention centers and psychiatric evaluations where he was deemed with several different um, mental health problems, which played into the history of him. He joined the U.S. Marines in 1956 and was discharged in 1959, claiming his mom needed some health care. Nine days later, he left for the Soviet Union to become a citizen, which was unsuccessful. He was basically a man without a country. Oh, that's, that's interesting. interesting. So after that, he went to New Orleans and founded a pro-Castro organization, which was fair play for the Cuba committee. So you can already see how he was against the U.S. and for communism. Mm-hmm. September 1963, he went to Mexico City, possibly to get a visa to return to the USSR to hopefully try to get his citizenship in the Soviet Union, which again failed. He eventually moved to Dallas, Texas, where he was an employee at the Texas School Book Depository. He shot three shots from the sixth floor, killing the president, John F. Kennedy, who his motorcade rode right outside of the book depository. After JFK was shot, Oswald was seen killing a policeman who stopped him to question. He was arrested in a movie theater, arraigned on November 23rd for the two murders. On November 24th, he was brought into the Dallas police headquarters. And a couple days later, he was shot by Jack Ruby, who was a nightclub owner in Dallas and had connections to organized crime. Oh, wow. Okay. So now we've gone over some of the background and who shot JFK. Now we're going to get into more of the fun side of this, talking about all of the fun conspiracies. So first one is the grassy knoll. So Cameron, go ahead and talk about that. Yeah, like you said, we've been talking about what we've been taught in the history books. And so I want to talk about the grassy knoll and the badge man. Now, the grassy knoll itself um, has a lot of conspiracies just in this one area alone. But I just want to talk Mm -hmm. about specifically the badge man because I find it the... Oh, yeah. Most compelling. But um, first, let's talk about the grassy knoll. The grassy knoll of the Delhi Plaza is a small sloping hill inside the plaza that became infamous for, um, as it is directly below and to the right of the Dallas uh, Book Depository, where mm-hmm. it is stated that Lee Harvey Oswald was in. Um, during this time, many witnesses said that they heard gunshots from the uh, grassy knoll. So there were at least five reports of gunshots heard from that area during the time of the assassination. Okay. Also during this time, in the famous uh, Mary Mormon photograph, if you don't know what that is, um, you can look it up. It is basically the exact moment or at least a frame after the president was shot. Wow. And Jeez. and um, it's not it's not very graphic. It's just it's just but in the background of that photo is the grassy knoll Mm -hmm. that is the exact location and from that photograph is where we get the conspiracy of the badge man because in the top of the frame there is a man with um his arms raised above his chest or about chest height what it looks like he's holding a rifle but most of his body is blurred out because of a flash there's you can't see him 
So what the conspiracy is, is that this is either a muzzle flash or a or the glint off of a badge worn by a police officer. Cool. So there are many theories as to who this man might be or if this was even a muzzle flash to begin with. But the most compelling is that it is a man disguised as a Dallas police officer to get close to the, to the motorcade to be in a prompt position to take out the president. Wow. And the most likely reason is that this was a Soviet spy dressed as a Dallas police officer because we are still in the middle of the Cold War. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's yeah. get big this right. time. Exactly. So with all the confusion, they had already had the Harvey Oswald as a person that was going to take the fall for this and being dressed as a Dallas police officer, the man was able to disguise himself in the chaos after the assassination. Easy way to get out. Mm-hmm. Jeez, that's that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Just that people would even go that far and think about all that stuff afterwards. Oh, for sure. But mm-hmm. hey, that's what all this is from. Mm-hmm. All right. So the next one is the Umbrella Man. So Ben. Okay. So. The infamous Umbrella Man is a man, is a guy by the name of Louis Louis or Louis Stephen Witt. It, uh, he had he says like they interviewed him after this, and he said that the Umbrella was to heckle President Kennedy because his father had been a supporter of the Nazi appeasing British Prime Minister Neville Chamberlain, who often sported a black umbrella in the same in the same style as the one he had on the infamous day. Okay. It rained the night before, but it was very sunny, and he had no reason to carry the umbrella because it wasn't like it was too incredibly hot. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and it was also weird because no one else had an umbrella; like he was the only one there. Uh, some people believe that Wit was involved. Uh, there's a theory that the umbrella was actually like a gun sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Like he shot a poison dart into the into President Kennedy's neck, immobilizing him, leaving him vulnerable and immobile, leaving and leaving just leaving an open shot for Oswald. Um, uh, some there's also a theory that the umbrella was a signal for Oswald to shoot. Uh, before the right before the shot happens, he rotates the umbrella in a clockwise motion, and just which is some people believe is just a signal for Oswald to shoot and. It was in the direct eyesight of the gun in Oswald. Mm. I mean, that makes sense to yeah. me, but... Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a, there's even, uh, if you go online, there's a blueprint of that people made of an umbrella gun. It looks like a James Bond sort of thing. <laughs> so where, cool. where there's a trigger at the, at the handle of the gun, and it sends a signal up. To the a so-called rocket launcher that shoots a <laughs> flechette. That, that shoots a flechette through one of the poles of the umbrella. And then he can just crunch it up and act like it didn't happen. Uh, uh, he was in a good spot to aim for Kennedy's neck as well. He was like in direct eyesight of Kennedy. I mentioned before that Wit was interviewed after this, and he said himself that if the Guinness Book Book of World Records had a category 
for people doing the long thing at the long time in the long place, I would be number one in that position. <laughs> and, and, and he even said it would not even close. But of course, as the, as the theory goes, he could be lying about this and just covering up the fact that he was a part of this. Oh, well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Updike, a famous author, wrote about this in the New York after reading a book about this. Uh, that he, that the umbrella man dangles around history's neck <laughs> like a fetish. <laughs> it's like, if you have a, have a fact that is really sinister like this, like someone that could, this innocent with an umbrella could be involved in something like this, and you have so much evident, evidence and reasoning to back up the sinister point, you can never come up with a perfectly valid explanation that it's not sinister. <laughs> <laughs> and that goes along with the with the Occam's Razor theory, which says like no, which says uh, uh the answer that requires the the fewest amount of assumptions is generally the correct one. You don't have to assume why he would or how he did do it. Yeah. He gave away. Yeah, it's funny because it's like if you're in the wrong place at the wrong time, it makes for the perfect beginning of a conspiracy. Mm. Yeah. It makes for the perfect explanation to the motive. Yes. AKA why there are so many theories about how JFK was killed. Because <laughs> there were so many people just in the wrong spot at the wrong time mm-hmm. and or I mean, people at the right spot at the right time. Mm-hmm. That's what happens when there's a big crowd of people at a parade and it's just going to be. And something like this happens. There's going to be so many different explanations and theories about what happened. I mean, they, they had to have known that something might have happened. Mm. Open, open ways. Some people didn't like him, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. All right. On to our third theory with Katrina talking about the mob. Yes, yeah, so let's get into it. So, like I mentioned before with... Lee Harvey Oswald, Jack Ruby had killed him and he had connections to the mob. He owned a uh, Dallas nightclub at the time. Mm. So people think that he killed Oswald maybe to shut him shut him up because he could have been contracted by the mob or another group to assist in the assassination. Oswald was the perfect patsy since he was a man without a country. Jack Ruby was constantly in and around the police station when Oswald was brought in. From the very minute Oswald was brought in, Jack Ruby was there. He made it seem like he was there to talk with his friends who were police officers, which kind of is already suspicious with him being linked to organized crime. It's like he knew he was going to be there already. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Some said that he seemed really calm to see the president's assassin in the police station. And he also carried a pistol in his pocket the whole time. It is said that he impersonated a reporter and was trying to talk with Oswald, but he was later found out by one of the police officers who knew him. To me, it seems like he was watching to make sure Oswald didn't say anything wrong or anything to expose the mob. Mm-hmm. Jack Ruby said in an interview with two men from the Warren Commission, which is the official government book about all the researches that they did about mm-hmm. JFK's assassination. He told them that I want to tell the truth, but I can't tell it here. Which sounds very suspicious to me. Yeah, most definitely. So now kind of connecting the mob with JFK's past. So John F. Kennedy's dad, Joseph Kennedy, had connections to the mob. A lot of people believe he 
um, garnered his money by uh, doing bootlegging and working with the mob back during um, the 20s. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> so it is rumored that organized crime, especially the one in Chicago, put JFK into office because his dad's connection. There are many rumors that Joseph Kennedy, which is JFK's dad, had a prolific bootlegging career. And so it all plays back into going to Chicago where it was. So once JFK was in office, he and his brother went against organized crime. When their father found out, so JFK's brother, Robert Kennedy, became the attorney general. And so when his dad found out he was going against organized crime, he specifically told him that he was not to go against them. But... JFK and Robert Kennedy went against him anyway. So in 1962, the Kennedys convicted 101 mafia figures and had hundreds more ready for trial up that, to the point when JFK was assassinated. That sounds like it caused a lot of trouble. No, yes. them all. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And even in Martin Scorsese's The Irishman, which was nominated for a ton of good awards, he goes into saying that the character specifically in the script that the mob has something to do with JFK's assassination. Awesome. So something that I thought of when you were saying all that is JFK's father was really not wanting him to go against organized crime. So could his father have hired the mob to take his own son out? I mean, he could have. There's always a theory. That's a possibility. Yep. So, add another theory to the list. Yes. Just add it. All right. I mean, like if we talked about all of them, this podcast would be at least a day long. Oh, mm -hmm. most definitely. There are so many. I read a book and there was at least 12 and oh, that was yeah. just from one book. Oh, yeah. Sure, yeah. Talking about all the random mm -hmm. things that could have happened. Yes. Exactly. And then six years after JFK was assassinated, his brother Robert Kennedy was assassinated trying to run for president as well. Mm -hmm. So exactly. the two went against organized crime, both ended up assassinated. That just seems a little sketchy to me, but that's just my opinion. No, I mean, like, you said Robert Kennedy was assassinated. I mean, this entire Kennedy family just seems like there's a coast or something. Yes. Oh, All oh, of yeah. them have <laughs> something that happened to them. Exactly. Oh, All right. Leading to our next theory, I'm going to be talking about the CIA and LBJ. So this time that JFK was in office, we were not doing very hot in Vietnam. So, um, at the very beginning of JFK's presidency was the Bay of Pigs and the CIA and Kennedy were not on the greatest terms with what happened in Cuba. Uh, Kennedy was only briefed on all the things that were happening there. So he might not have been given all the information, but the CIA was not too happy about, um, all the supplies that he gave to the troops in Vietnam. And Kennedy just wasn't really about removing um, the Vietnam uh, minister from power. He didn't really think that it was a big, as big of a deal as uh, some others did. But the CIA just was not very happy about um, all the things that he was doing. But 
in a book that Katrina Katrina most definitely um, gave me for a second. Um, it was called The Man Who Killed Kennedy, The Case Against LBJ. Um, there was a man named Henry Cabot Lodge, who was um, Kennedy's quote unquote dirty work coordinator in the CIA in regards to Vietnam. Um, his brother, John Lodge, made a statement saying um, in regards to who killed JFK. Um, it was the agency boys and Lyndon talking about um, the vice president. Um, and when John Lodge was asked if his brother knew in advance to the assassination, he said he knew Kennedy wouldn't be around to um, do anything LBJ kept um, Henry Lodge's post and knew that he would be able to serve his country. So basically saying that they knew something was going to happen to Kennedy mm-hmm. so everyone could keep their job. This goes Jeez. way up the chain. Yeah. I mean. Just so many layers upon layers. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so then once JFK was actually assassinated, um, in 1991, there was a film released by Oliver Stone um, called JFK, and it strongly suggested that the CIA was a part of the assassination. Maybe not that it happened because of them, but they were strongly a part of it. And in 1992, there was a act called the President John F. Kennedy Assassination Records Collection Act of 1992. And this made it so all the documents and information that were um, related to the assassination had to be public, except if they could cause harm to the military defense, intelligence operations, law enforcement, um, any conduct of foreign relations, or cause more harm than good. And all of those things were if the president said so. And our current president after JFK assassination was LBJ. So moving over to LBJ. Um, Even before his, he got into his um, term, he wanted to be president. He wanted that power. He was already not the best. If I, if I say so, he wasn't, he wasn't the best person. He wasn't well liked. No, he was not well liked. Um, but he also wanted to avert his legal and political downfall and being put into that, um, position definitely was going to do that for him because he's president. He can't be put down for anything. Um, but exactly when he, was deemed president, he decided to secretly tape all of his conversations. And that was over 800 hours of conversations. Wow. And so this was said by him. It was to write his memoirs and even used to blackmail other politicians, which I I find not the greatest, but like why? Like why? You don't need it. Um, and he also told his assistant Mildred that if he were to die unexpectedly, 
to destroy all of those recordings. That's suspicious. That is very suspicious. But her being the great person she is, she did not delete or destroy (laughs) any of those things. She ended up putting them in the LBJ presidential library, saying not to open them until at least January of 2023. That's coming up. That is so soon. So I say we take a field trip and we go see all that when it opens. Yes. Let's do it. Um, But then I, there's just so many quotes in the book that I was talking about earlier that Katrina gave me about like just LBJ and him being a person of interest in all of these different things. Um, One is that in 1967, um, Barbara Garson wrote um, McBird, which is a like offset of Macbeth. And it's um, an overlay of the Shakespearean tragedy Macbeth with um, with the assassination of JFK, um, which proposed the idea that Johnson um, was basically behind the whole thing. And so when people asked her, do you really think that Johnson killed Kennedy? She said, I never took that seriously. I used to say people um, say to people that if he did it, it was the least of his crimes. Oh, wow. Whoa. So she's basically saying that, I mean, it's a possibility. I definitely think maybe, but there are definitely other things that he's done where I wouldn't be shocked if he did it. Doing things worse than killing your president. That's crazy. And I'll, I also think, like, I think he could have done it, too. Well, I guess we could get to that later. Yeah. But... but he is just so unlikable and he wanted to be president so bad. Mm-hmm. It's just the only reason he won the election is because he used scare tactics in the famous ad. Exactly. Yep. You can get more of that later, but still. Exactly. Mm-hmm. He he was going to do anything he could to be president, mm-hmm. to get that power. And I mean, I guess. He did it. I guess he did it. Yep. He got elected. But I don't know. We'll never know. So now. Over to some of our more fun theories. Cameron, what do you what do you have to talk about? Well, I don't know about fun, but we've been talking about, you know, the mob and, you know, government implications. But I think we should talk about the real killer here. Mm-hmm. Aliens. Oh, well, of course. <laughs> I mean, it's got to be aliens. Yes. <laughs> so theory states that we are in the midst of the space race. We have been in space for yeah. the first time in human history. The government, and with JFK being the president, he is one of the most powerful people in the world, so he knows lots of secrets. One of those secrets is that aliens exist and that they are among us. Mm, so I believe it. So That's now nice. that we now that we've been in space, <laughs> <laughs> it's time to let let the people know that aliens are real. Mm-hmm. However, the aliens did not want this, and JFK was going to do it anyways. So they oh, took him out. Geez. Makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> now, the next theory is one of my personal favorites. Um, it's that Woody Harrelson's dad is actually the killer. <laughs> what? <laughs> Please explain. Uh, Charles uh, Harrelson was an American hitman and of organized crime who was convicted of assassinating federal judge 
John H. Wood. Oh, shoot. The, <laughs> whoa. Dang. The first federal judge assassinated in the 20th century. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Oh. I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't know about that one. No. <laughs> and he was actually in Dallas at the time of the assassination. And in September 1980, Harrelson surrendered to police after a six-hour standoff in which he was high off cocaine. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> after arrested, he not only confessed to the killing of John Wood, but also JFK. Ooh. Okay, but was he high? Yes. So, <laughs> yes. I, very high. I mean, wow. he could have just been <laughs> saying whatever. Yeah. Oh, geez. You're going to look at Wardy Heroes differently. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. All right. So, we've all made our cases. The real question is, what do you guys think actually happened? I know I personally am biased towards the government and LBJ, just seeing how he was, his character and personality. But what do you guys think? It's got to be LBJ. His character, the so much like like information is stacked up against him mm-hmm. that if it wasn't it honestly be shocking yeah like there's there were so many books that i found that just talked about lbj being the assassin or at least being a part of the assassination so yeah yeah i definitely i believe it just doing this research and doing like past research that it had to be like lbj and the government I mean, like, not even having his records being open till 2023, like, that would be way past anyone who's been involved in the whole assassination. Sure. So oh, yeah. I'm kind of like, that makes it even more, a little bit, kind like, of leaning towards him. Like, why 2023? Yeah. What's special about that year? And, and, and like I said before, I, I mean, it's just got to be LBJ. He, he was just so unlikable. He would have. I don't think he would have ever won an election without this, without being president first. I, I agree. So I, I think he knew that too. So he just ordered the hit on JFK. And like I said before, he, the only reason he won, won the election was because his opponent was just so like, he labeled him as just a war hawk and like he would go to war with the Soviets. And in that it'll just be the end of the world. Like the famous Daisy ad was just mm-hmm. in, incredibly just scare tactics, fear mongering, all of it. And it was because he was the one who wasn't for war. But then again, in Vietnam, he just kept sending troops over because yep. he was just so big. He was just so America first and America had to win. He just. Yeah, I think he knew that. The U.S. was so scared at that time sure. that they were going to be more aware and focused on what was happening with Vietnam than to all the like little stuff that they were doing here. Mm-hmm. And so if they made another like big scandal exactly. that he could do all this like under the table stuff and just like push the blame off to other people like, oh, no, it would never be me. I would never do that to my friend JFK. And, like, throughout all of his presidency, like, his speeches, he would constantly refer back to JFK and how he was doing the legacy work of JFK. And since he yes. was so well-liked, people didn't want to let go of their 
the Camelot theory with the Kennedy family. And so being able to hold that on and kind of putting that onto LBJ, I think that also helped him. I I definitely agree. Mm -hmm. All right. That was a great discussion. So now we'll leave the question up to you guys. Who or what killed JFK? Mm -hmm. 